Hello, everyone. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show, I've got Ben, John, and Shay to take me through a week's worth of gaming news from across the tabletop industry. On top of that, one lucky subscriber will be in with a chance to win a copy of the middle strategy battle game, The Battle for Us Goliath, from store.ontabletop.com. If you want to be in with a chance to win this big box set of fun, you need to be a subscriber to the channel. Pop a comment below, and if you can do all the socially type things that they love, do that as well. Otherwise, sit back and relax, because we're only 28 sleeps away from Christmas, and your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I've got a bevy of beautiful babes with me this week to take you through <laughs> gaming. Ben, Shay, and John, look at you. You luscious gitch, you. <laughs> we are quite luscious, yeah. We, we are, are beautiful, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have a jam-packed show, as always. Uh, but before we dive into that, a little bit of, not bookkeeping, but uh, a reminder, um, because we've had themed weeks coming thick and fast, coming at you. Like Cleopatra, as they say in France, I believe. Uh, so no sooner had we finished one when another one hoved into view over the horizon. So our most recent has been uh, Undaunted, the most uh, recent game of which came out yesterday. If you're watching yes, this on Friday night, uh, it's just been released. So if you're unaware of Undaunted, uh, you've been living in a box somewhere, I imagine. Uh, however, it's a range of World War II um deck building and tactical board games, uh, which makes it sound very highfalutin. Um, but what it is, is a, a, a range of very, very enjoyable World War II games from North yeah, Africa to Normandy yeah. to uh, Stalingrad. Each yeah. one has got something new and exciting added to it. Uh, we also have a host of interviews with some, well, both of the games designers of the, the core system, um, Robbie and Roland, the uh, writer and illustrator for Stalingrad. Uh, the only people we're missing really are um, David Turksey and I'm trying to remember who did Reinforcements AI system with David. It'll come to me. If not, it's on the front of the box. <laughs> However, if you want to know anything about um, Undaunted, we have a ton of bits and pieces you can go back and have a look at. Yeah, we've been covering it for a while now. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think there's pretty much every version of the game that you can play we have a let's play up for so whether it's solo yeah, yeah. four player or two player standard or one of the downloadable scenarios all of that and so much more mm-hmm. um and uh somebody asked if share myself could play through the full uh, stalingrad campaign um uh, and i believe so shay's green and says that's yeah. possibly possi- yeah. possibly coming then <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. yeah so i think uh, i think in january we're gonna start rolling through the campaign right back from the very first scenario because the uh, cool. the let's play for it we jumped in uh sort of midway through a campaign to show you how the city is destructed um but what we will do is roll it right back to the start from scenario zero one one which makes me sound like bender um one one zero one zero 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 one 
one, zero. But we'll go back to the very first scenario uh, and we'll play it out in detail and you can see uh, Shay smashing my toys. I imagine that's generally I what do it does. Like, I do like smashing your toys. Does you, does, you know. I should, give part you, of my week. I should give you the camera control. Let you oh, worry no. about that. that <laughs> oh, I find no. that, that is distracting enough to give you a tactical advantage to make sure that I'm actually focusing on the board and not on, you know, the back of my head or a dice tray somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> Also, um, we haven't drawn the winners for the Undaunted Week yet. I, I generally do that a week or so after the finish of it. So the last one went out last Sunday. So uh, to give people a few more days, a bit more time, I'll probably draw that, that next week. And that is an holy bundle. Oh, God, it's of, a good bundle. Yeah. Of, uh, of one of everything, mm-hmm. plus a signed art book by uh, Roland as well. So, yeah, if you fancy um, getting involved in some World War II fun and games, uh, it's definitely worth a punt, and with the uh, Battle of Britain coming. In, oh my uh, god, that looks good! First, I saw the I new artwork for the tokens and stuff. Oh, haven't, haven't seen the map yet because I was like sort of midway through the interview when I was talking to Trevor, and it was just like uh, it's issues in the same tiles. I go no hex tiles. Go oh, hex tiles for your arcs of fire and movement. So oh, many options for movement. <laughs> it's so much room for activity. So I'm really I'm, yeah. I like how the vehicles work in North Africa. The fact that you can jump about seats and, and do different things than you would normally do. Um, but yeah, the Battle of Britain sounds very interesting. So mm. if you have an urge for World War Two. It's definitely a good jumping off point for anybody who doesn't do historical or doesn't do board games, uh, because it's very easy to get people who don't do either of them interested because it's a really, really simple system and very engaging. And I like to think of it as a miniatures game without the miniatures. So, <laughs> and that kind of does it for me. So, <laughs> If you want to see what it looks like as a miniatures game with miniatures, search Board Game Geek, uh, yes. Ultimate Undaunted Normandy. Somebody has replaced all the cardboard tokens mm-hmm. with uh, miniatures and replaced all the tiles with tiles oh of the God. same size, but um, made with like half inch XPS foam oh. and they're all sculpted. Uh, so all the rivers are resin filled rivers, all the trees and oh, houses, building, everything. It's an amazing little thing. I, I should have actually, I mentioned it to Benji and I forgot to send him the link to it. I must do that later on. So Osprey can have a look at it because it is the dog's doodads. And I mean, you're looking at it, you're going, that's great. Could I be bothered doing that myself? No, I can't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well every, done to you. Well done. Everything's magnetized as well. So he's got big steel drawers. So he just puts all his bits and pieces in magnetized. But yeah, uh, Board Game Geek, ultimate undaunted Normandy board game. Just bask, bask in its brilliance. But anyway, so that's what I've been up to over the past couple of weeks. Um, what have you guys at home been doing? No? All right, well, be like that then. We should kick into the show <laughs> properly. And uh, and we're going to be kicking things off, as always, with our Indie of the Week. Ooh. And this week, our Indie of the Week has been chosen by Ben. Yes, yeah. Where are we going, uh, Ben? So uh, we're going to Madrid, we're going to Spain. Um, so this was one that I found because I was rooting around on Kickstarter and found a couple of different projects and stuff. Mm. And one of them popped up to uh, and caught my eye because I thought, well, this looks very nice. Got a little bit of that kind of old school, old hammery style aesthetic to it. Mm. And so I decided to go and have a look at Red Bard Games, who are like, I like to think of them as the, the sort of height of indie because there's like, mm. 
Very little. <laughs> well, not very little, but there's like, it is very exciting and very new and very small mm-hmm. and very wee. Um, but they do a really nice uh, range of different things. Um, so they've done, I think, three Kickstarters up until this point. Yeah, Ogres is their third, I think. Ogres is their third yeah. one, yeah. And uh, they do a mix of different things. So they do um, elements that are digital in nature. So you can pick up SDL files if you want and print things off. Or you can go down the route of picking them up as proper, full-on, you know, legitimate miniatures as well. Real, real so. things that don't require any thought. Real things that don't require. <laughs> I pay you, real, you yeah. deliver to me a miniature. Yes, real things that don't require electricity. Yeah, that's the. Uh, <laughs> um, and so they've, uh, and of course, Jerry's gone straight to the banners. Yeah, yeah. Have, don't mind me. You, you tell us what's going school. on while I have a look. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I say, their kind of feel is very much kind of old school D and D fantasy Warhammer. A little bit of sci-fi. I think they're planning to do in the future as well. Mm-hmm. But it's a cavalcade of sort of monsters and terrain and units and characters and troops that you could use to represent a whole bunch of different things on the tabletop. Um, for example, as you can see here, they've done a really nice set of stuff that is really good for kind of D and D adventurers. Because one of the things that's always nice is that if you've got a bunch of dungeon tiles or maybe you've got some of the like battle mats or something, always nice to just have those mats. But sometimes you want to take it to that next level and do sort of like a 2.5D thing going on with that. Throw some bits and pieces in there to kind of add to the, enhance the, the games that you're playing. And what would be better than a bunch of stone stone adventurers I mean, that have been uh, frozen in time, as it were. So. <laughs> especially if you've got some Medusa-esque or exactly. Basilisk. A Basilisk. Either or yeah. kicking around. And instead of having, you know, your columns for oh, yes. life site uh-huh. oh, well you know i should have four columns but yeah. why not replace it with four idiots exactly yeah. who thought that they could go in and rob it i like that three of the adventurers are covering their eyes and the halfling's like hey guys i found ah <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my eyes what are you screaming at <laughs> like a noise well. like yeah, um, it's a really nice little section of stuff. The dead, like dungeon range in general, I yep. think is fantastic um, because they have a really like quirky selection of multi-eyed and one-eyed beasts that I think would be really nice for kind of you know ruining people's minds down in the down in the dungeons and stuff. Same um, whether or not the STLs and the <clears throat> core resin overlap there's a bit of overlap in there is a little bit of overlap yeah. between them yeah so I mean, uh, especially with some of look, the newest stuff look through the uh yeah. the main resume page. page yeah, yeah. Um, but as you can see there's like a really nice section of just sort of dungeon based accoutrement as you as you got there so mm. like i love the cave of eyes thing i think that's great the wild cockatrice is a wonderful little kit as well I mean, one of the things that I think, like a lot of people will see sort of standard dungeons most of the time, and it'll be like, oh, yes, you know, just you know, stone walls, little wooden doors and that kind of thing. I like the idea of taking it at the next level and going to kind of like the under, under what do they call it? The underdark? Is underdark. The underdark, yeah. yeah. And throwing all of these kind of weird things in where suddenly your torchlight illuminates something sticky on the wall. Oh, great. It's a big sucker and an eye. Wonderful. Yes. So you should <laughs> never run your hand down a wall, even if it's low light. Exactly. Because you never know what you're going to find. You shouldn't do what my dwarf used to do, which was he would tell which direction to go by licking the stone. So That's true. Checking for what side the moss was growing on. Exactly, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's cold on this side. We're on the north. <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds like a wise man. Yeah, yeah. He was always wrong, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, never let that worry you. 
<laughs> mirror chamber as well. But yeah, I think a lot of their stuff like this, I think is really nice for kind of building on the sort of grandeur of um, miniatures-based role-playing and that kind of thing. Because it's always nice to do just playing around with counters and stuff on map, on maps and that kind of stuff. But if you're going to take it to that next level and things, I think stuff like this is great. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use this kind of stuff for um, role-playing games either, though, because yeah. there are plenty of skirmish games out there. I mean, I'm just going to use Frostgrave. It is Frostgrave, would be yeah. perfect for this kind of stuff because there are loads of wandering monsters and, mm. uh, and, and strange treasures and such that you might want to uh, open up and have a look at and uh, and dive into and stuff. So, I mean, look, look, look at the, is it the Rattle Naga? I think he's just yeah, a really quirky I've been staring at it for ages. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, how cool is that? It's it's certainly something, isn't it? It's, it's very yeah. off-putting. Yeah. Very off-putting. And that's what I really like about the, well, not that it's off-putting, <laughs> I really like the look, the, the look at the miniatures because it harks back in my mind, to a lot of those early illustrations that we saw for mm. D&D in those first monster manuals, where a lot of oh, it yeah. was kind of just, you know, but black and white Gygax and a lot. Yeah. Cross-hatched, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I could see, I could see something like peering up out of the, uh, the mists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. But yeah, the the that's, that's because I used to have a lot of friends would run wood elves, and the best thing you could do was put like a skaven on a cockatrice and just <laughs> run, run forward and stare at tree men, and then laugh your backside off as they all froze with an initiative of two. Just squawking like a chicken as you go. Oh, cockatrice are amazing, and there was only ever one model from Marauder, I think, for a cockatrice. <laughs> it was very limited what your uh, your skaven were rocking about the place on. So more cockatry, always good. You have bits like this as well. So you've got like an orc world on the back of a, a wyvern and stuff. Very the wyvern awkward. very much reminds me of like how to train your dragon. There's, yeah, there's a dragon in that. that. looks a lot like that. Yep. <laughs> um, but this would be perfect if you're going to be diving into a little bit of sort of old hammery style wargaming on the tabletop. Yeah, yeah. And Especially, I think the aesthetic of this would be really good alongside Seb Games' um, Battle Havoc. Yes. I think they, they, they would mesh really nicely. We looked at them a couple of weeks ago. That was really cool. So. Also, it's a wyvern that fits on a 50 mil base, which I'm forever appreciative of. <laughs> yeah. So many of the models these days, they're ridiculously big and they don't fit any games I play. Mm-hmm. I need things <laughs> to fit on 50s, please, people. Yeah. For, you know, Warhammer up to 4th edition and, well, even 5th or 6th edition, they were still on 50s. Mm. Kings of War as well. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody wants to put things on 100 by 350 mil and you're going, it's bigger than my board, for God's sakes. Make I, had have a set, I had to have a separate box just to, tran- to transport that. Yeah, so let's get so, rid of those. Have a look at what else is in here. We have ooh, orc borders yeah. are quite cute. Yeah, it's probably worth having a look at some of the units and stuff they've done. I mean, there's a there's a big focus from what obviously you can see here on kind of like orcs and goblins and that kind mm. of thing. So if you're trying to make armies that kind of matched up to uh, sort of old screen green skins and stuff, this would be the way to go and have a look at. And things so oh it's it's excellent for any of the old timer community oh yes can we have a look at the goblet ass cannon don't worry it's already open yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can 100%. see the tab <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're getting there i want to see that i want that in my life I, and as Careful. well you should it's not the only one those are really nice boar riders they are really good i love that they have the same i mean they're more detailed than the classic plastic boar riders that everyone knows from games workshop yeah. Um, but they still have that same look to them, which I think is really nice. Like kind of just sort of cantering forward. <laughs> I think it's really cool. 
Um, like the uh, the mix of helmets on them as well. One mm-hmm. or two actually attempting to cover um, their big maws, I suppose, mm-hmm. with something yeah. like a, a pig face bassinet. And you've got the sculpted shields as well, which is yeah. nice to see. So, yeah. They are corking. Go on there. Let's have a look at the ask. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> it's like a barking dog. I like how one of the goblins is. Uh, is is showing that? He's, he's, he's gone. Even see that? He's gone full Agincourt. This this is something Warren would have. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Warren would have a lot of. He'd have like a, a like the entire back rank of his army would be ash yeah. cannons. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just saves you having to paint too many goblins. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a hell of a howitzer. That is a, a canvas <laughs> behind. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah. It reminds me, what was the creature that we saw that had something like this from another producer? The, there's um <sighs> there's a demonic version of this. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same guy who does the giant monstrous snail. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the one. Yeah. Oh, it's an old Indian week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean just really fun inventive stuff that kind of doesn't take itself too seriously, which is which is always good to see. And kind of falls in line with, you know, that is that that feel of old hammer where it mm. was, you know, dark and gritty, but it was also funny and full yeah. of black humor and dark humor and stuff as well. So yeah. I mean uh, that poor halfling. <laughs> Harden is what I say there. Going into somebody's house, murdering his mates, stealing all the stuff. <laughs> they deserve to end up in the soup. That's what he gets. But there used to be the uh, the goblobber, the dwarven yes. artillery piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago somebody did a um a diorama for Golden Demon called The Goblobber's Revenge, and they had a dwarf tied to a ballista and the goblins were all dancing <laughs> around it and Amazing. You know, roasting his mates and making soup and stuff. And this would just be ideal for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he was a winner back in like eighty nine. He's like the Michel Rue Junior of uh, <laughs> of the goblins. He's like the Michelin star goblin chef or something. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's very good. I like yeah. how his uh, his hair squig is hiding his blushes. Exactly. Because yeah. nobody wants to see a a crazy frog like a tiny little flippy flappy thing down there. <laughs> <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a really, uh, it's worth having a look at some of the some bigger stuff and some of the mm. dungeon things. So you've got the ogre there, the two-headed trolls, pretty cool. Mm. Um, I like the undead eye is quite nice. And the eye minions are a really nice little sort of take on things as well. Um, because a lot of people will run beholders and stuff and there'll mm. always be kind of creatures that will be there in the background that'll serve them for whatever reason maybe it's the the duragar or something but i like the idea of having little eye demons that help the beholders or something he's like awesome that. he is very cool he he yeah. reminds me of a mixture of uh scrag the slaughterer and then yes. the cover Ooh. of warhammer fantasy roleplay had the ogre yeah yeah berserkers yeah. Yeah. type uh gladiator with the, the white and black mohawk as the uh slayer is leaping forward that's the one yep. yeah yeah I've got that book he's, on my shelf behind us. <laughs> he's corporate, so high. Yeah. It's it's a great book, full yeah. of whimsy and fun, and eventually insanity and death. Me and my brother bought a copy of that book, and that's no meat. That they they're huge, and it was the big floppy paperback so at the time as well. So it's just like a big, it's huge. It's like having like the a uh, what was it the um ah oh. the the yellow pages. The yellow pages <laughs> for I, Warhammer fans. I, yeah. I have the, the hardback 
on my shelves, but I had the paperback at one point, and the reason I had the paperback was I was in Belfast, I was meant to be running a game, and I'd left my copy of the hardback at home, I was like, I'm not going, like an hour so round trip, so I ran into my mate's comic store and went role-playing emergency, have you got a copy of Warhammer Fantasy role-playing? And we thought, yes, so I bought the paperback, I then left, but I was in a couple of days later, I was going, the other people in the store were so, it was so peculiar, it was like me literally running in, role-playing emergency, where's this book? Red, here's the money, Johnny. So, bye. By the way, never thought you'd see a role playing emergency in a store. <laughs> that like how, how, is particularly how, creepy. How cool is that? I love that the spirit is holding up all the bits yeah. of him. So, like the essence of the creature is kind of holding all the different orbs in the in the corners. I of the imagine skull they're and all some sort of ruby. Yeah. And therefore, when you kill it, it's a big, big bag of loot. You just fill a sack with rubies. It's great. But then, when you take all the rubies and you take them to different people and you sell them, suddenly during the night, many weeks from when you destroyed the beast, they all suddenly come to life and a beholder become comes out of every single one of them. Dun dun dun. Ben, are you about to ask us to roll for initiative? Because that's what it sounded like. Yes. <laughs> oh look, it's oh, a Trump, Trump, Trump troll. troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I think you'll find that that's doubling down because there's oh, no is. forest yeah, on yeah, one side. Yeah. The gruesome Tucson. I love that someone. <laughs> From the continent was like they're both assholes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the worst possible thing we could do? I think that's oh, amazing. So cool. Yeah, there's some stunking stuff in there. And mm. they're currently running a Kickstarter for ogres. They are, yeah. So uh their recent batch of stuff is the ogre mercenaries. Um so again, old hammer, old school looking stuff that would be really great for use on the tabletop. Um I love that they've just they've done the little pledge thing in the mm. style of the old magazines yeah. of the old white yeah the old white dwarf heavy metal yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's very cool um, but yeah you're able to get your hands on a whole bunch of different stuff that would be really good as I say for a, a whole range of those kind of old school um, old hammer style games on the tabletop and, uh, and have a bit of fun with them as well uh, they don't necessarily That's need nice. to be used for war games or role playing it could be for anything really I'm sure mm. you could find something to do with them so, yeah. Oh, definitely. If you're going to get involved, oh, ogre shame. Yeah. If you're going to get involved with um, with playing old hammer, that the, the community is always looking for new sources of stuff that doesn't look out of place. Yeah. Um, but as it gets harder and harder to lay your hands on the original stuff without being scalped, these would be very fitting uh, for a lot of the Citadel stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so nice. these ones are actually going to be three D printed. Mm-hmm. The ones on the main website are mostly cast. Yeah, so I think old. in the end they'll probably end up making it so that you're able to get a choice of the two. I know. I think that a lot of because all the things they do physically are three D printed resins mm. anyway. Mm. So I imagine they've just got the setup for to, to enable them to make physical oh, to, versions then of things to so. make make yeah. masters off the. I suppose once it once you've got the masters made and prepped and you've got a mold done, it's faster to cast in yeah. resin in a pressure pot than it is to three D print. So. Yeah. Some really good stuff, I think. So. Yeah, really are. Yeah, there you go. There, three D printed be things. Nature's <laughs> supplied with square bases. Oh, like nature intended. He's <laughs> still my beating heart. <laughs> As Jerry pledges. <laughs> no, those those are from previous things. I think that'll cover everything. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to close this. You don't need to see this bit. <laughs> right. That's uh, 
That's going to keep me busy in the new year. <laughs> right. That is uh, Red Bard Games from, uh, I want to say Barcelona, but only because I watch a lot of Madrid. Towers. <laughs> from Madrid and Spain. Uh, yeah. Excellent bunch of, of bits and pieces there for role-playing. And uh, old hammering your way across the board as well. Classic stuff. I likes it. Okay, we shall be back in just two ticks with the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the News. <laughs> okay, we are back with the news, and Ben has been ferreting through the site to take out all the things that he thinks is worthwhile. What have you found this week, Ben? What wheat have you separated from the chaff? It is all middle earth. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, so the first news story I basically picked out because we've got a lovely John and we've got a lovely Shay here. Uh, so this is the announcement that pre-orders are live and the actual release of World War Three Red Dawn is on the horizon. Oh, my God, it's coming so soon. So, yes. Yeah, we got a look at some more of the stuff that they're going to be putting together for their initial launch of uh, Red Dawn, which is obviously the invasion of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we get the new book, which is going to obviously cover that invasion of North America, but it will also have additional background information for the Soviet airborne forces. If you just want to play as the Soviet airborne away from America, if you mm-hmm. prefer, which is also something people mentioned in the comments uh, there's also the vdv the cubans the u.s continentals and militia forces in there as well so they've got everything packed into that book that allows you to play out your red dawn dreams still no sign of patrick swayze though because i was looking no. to see if you could see it <laughs> there is a militia kit at the bottom i think yeah there uh, is but uh, i'm not sure whether or not patrick swayze is specifically in that but mm. yeah that, that's it's the, the wolverine arm militia at the bottom yeah, yeah so but uh, there's yeah. an airborne assault so yes there is an airborne assault book as well which is coming out which is quite nice so there's a whole bunch of different mission packs and all sorts of things mm-hmm. as well but of course you can't launch an invasion of america without some uh soldiers to do it uh and so you're also going to be able to pick up the bmd not don't say that wrong uh bmd air assault battalion uh that is going to be swooping onto tabletops with all those lovely helicopters oh look at them Precious. I, I oh. just have to move us so we can all see Wannels drive. Yes. So that comes in the set alongside, I think it's free command, like HQ command team as well, which I think is quite nice. Uh, but there's a good mix of tanks, as you can see in there. I don't know exactly know what they are. You guys can enlighten me as to what's in that set. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's some cool stuff. <laughs> uh, <but yeah. laughs> uh, you've also got uh, infantry and all sorts of different pieces in there too. Yep. or uh, a proper mechanized assault as it were so it's uh, it's good to see the uh, <laughs> bmds coming to the coming Ooh. to the game because they're 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 kind of a vital well one part of the vital element of um soviet doctrine for like airdrops and stuff uh, they they put a lot of practice in the the 70s and 80s with this kind of thing like how much yeah. what kind of like what size of force can we realistically drop behind uh, enemy lines to actually sort of these, these either light yeah, infantry support tanks either recon them or actually use them as a a, a specific objective to go and achieve because um, BMDs are air portable and not only are right. they air portable <laughs> they're air droppable oh wow um, okay. I was showing Shay uh, 
video yesterday of BMDs being dropped out of aircraft, uh, <laughs> which is which is really cool because they drop them with like eight parachutes, like one parachute to drag the others out, and yeah. then the other eight open up, and it has like a, a deflatable, wow. a big inflatable thing like underneath it. So when it lands, that automatically that deflates. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> Cushions that actually lands. So that's the, insane. The crew, <laughs> it's the not crew a soft drop landing, though. No, it's not a soft landing. Not the a crew, soft landing the crew jump out with like the the supporting infantry, and then the crew run off to the vehicles wherever they land. Say, hopefully they're not inside the uh, tin. No. Turn into a bush. Oh no. Yeah. It looks wow. like it has um, a variety of, I suppose, alternative weapon options as well on there because there's it does look like AA. Um, yeah. like twin twin thirties or something like that, or twin twenty fives or whatever they are. I, something I don't like know. an auto cannon with a. Mm-hmm. That's their their little rapid fire thirty mil. I think the the BMP twos carry those as well. Yeah. But yeah, it, B- the BMD ones have a thirty mil, and the BMD twos have a seventy mil. I think. Yeah, something like the the there, BMP one yeah. turret basically on yeah. the BMD or the other way around. One of those two. I knew you yeah. guys would know this stuff. <laughs> We've been looking at it. Don't worry. We've been looking at it. Oh, I'm very much looking at getting a couple. <laughs> I love the uh, the infantry as well. I think there's some of the. Re- I think it's the the infantry that they've put together is really nicely detailed. I think it's a really nice they're, little kit. Uh, they're very characterful. Um, mm-hmm. I think between Shay and I, we were kind of like they're a bit obviously because it's Red Dawn. They're a bit Hollywood because you're not yeah. going to run into battle with a nice sky blue berry on, but. <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna, as you can see, even here, just like they kind of stand out a bit, but yeah. that's that's the point, really. Yeah. yeah. Also handy whenever you're looking at 15 mil stuff from the other side Rude. of a six foot board, because mm-hmm. they're yeah. that big, and you're going well. Those which, guys are mine. Which platoon is that? I think, I think it from. I mean, the whole kit is. I think it's 53 infantry, 15 tanks, two aircraft, the HQ team, and the one Arnold's <laughs> the one Arnold's sign which I think is great um, but it just looks like a really fun little kit for putting together like a decent starter force for use in the game because mm-hmm. you've got a good mix of different things there you've got the infantry you've got the the mechanised element and then you've got the, the helicopters to be playing around with as well what, so, what I'm looking forward to seeing with this uh, with this book <clears> particularly <throat> is what the um, the rest of the Warsaw Pact and the Allied forces are getting because everyone's getting mm-hmm air landing helicopters now um so the um the west germans get the best one to be fair but we also get chinooks that good old classic twin are amazing yeah chinooks are cool (laughs) but the i think even the the soviet forces are getting their um flying school bus shay isn't it the mi8 yeah the mi8 the the russian school bus yep yep (laughs) (laughs) the tons of transport helicopters coming in this one and the um I can't remember what the name of the the West German one is. It's the really big one, the one you see in the first Transformers movie at the start. Oh, okay, wow, yeah. It's one of those, and it's absolutely huge. I can't wait yeah. to see the kit for that. So I, I might... This gonna this gonna turn into some really dynamic games of Team Yankee, then yeah. I would say because we've we've had air landing before, but we've only really seen it properly from the Soviet side with the the Heinz working as air landing groups and mm. stuff, but. This has given you more potential to not only land troops, but actually land vehicles behind your opponent. Yeah. And doing that, regardless of the quality of that vehicle, it's still a tank behind you, which you don't want it to be there. So, is, is all the stuff on the on the tank shell there? Is that essentially all like extra armor? And stuff that's ERA it? block. That's okay, right. that's blocks of explosive 
Ben. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trust us, it works. We Fair swear. enough. <laughs> that's, that's how, um, when you came up with RPGs, which yeah. do a um, inverting a cone of copper to make a really needlepoint uh-huh. thing to burn through, ERA is designed to defeat that by making it when that copper cone hits the explosive, the explosive detonates and sends its outer shell back at the warhead. Oh, okay. It does work. Wow. That is a lot of fireworks when you get hit by something. Then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good That's way of doing cool. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as um, as you can see from the pre-order page, there's a whole bunch of different bits, bits and pieces for you to go and pick up as well that are coming up down the line as well. Um, there seems to be a big focus on the Soviets, at least to begin with, although they're also going to be throwing in a lot of the kind of, I guess you'd say, allied forces, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> want a better word um N- trying to NATO, fight against. i think is yeah. the term <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> an allies force <laughs> nato and friends nato and friends are going to be uh fighting back as well of course and but i i think a lot of people are going to be totally won over by the idea of playing as the uh sort of militia and stuff and uh coming up with some really interesting backgrounds obviously we've talked about the idea of doing like baseball stadiums and, and that kind of stuff in the past and that'd be really cool but imagine fighting through like proper American city grid streets with big skyscrapers and all that kind of stuff. I think that's going to be phenomenally fun, uh, especially with the airdrop kind of thing, because you could drop people off on top of, you know, skyscrapers and shoot down from the tops of flats and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really fun and dynamic gameplay that sort of moves away from, you know, the massive open rolling fields of uh, of Europe and stuff. So It means you're going to be able to take your, um, as some people meme on it, your tank car park, but you're going to be able to drop it. <laughs> behind people yes. what's cool is though um there's a mechanic for airdropping stuff so there's a there's a specific scatter mechanic in the book mm-hmm. for how this stuff lands when you actually okay. drop it so you're not getting it all your own way it mm-hmm. is going to start shifting around as you drop stuff oh, in nice. yeah i was going to say that i know they did it for um flames of war because i've never really played team yankee but using paras and flames of war was always dicey at best because they may be coming down exactly where you want them or they may be just blown to the four corners of the map at which point <laughs> you just get picked off very slowly over time mm. uh, so it's it's very much risk rewards depending on what you're doing but then um that's why i was interested to see that there's like specific airborne scenarios as well where i suppose you're trying to achieve tactical objectives in multiple corners of the map so you won't have to worry too much if you're blown adrift somewhere that you're not going to be able to get back to a tactical objective even if it may not have been the one that that specific unit was sent in to secure in the first place yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think they said in particular there's like so there's all of the additional stuff that's coming in that air assault well, that airborne assault section and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's there's four scenarios as well in in the kind of core book and things as well. So it'll be really fun to see how it all comes together. Very nice. Sweet. Yeah. As as you can imagine, I think everyone's quite excited about this one. So <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of much needed flavor for your standard armies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Right now we're pining for the fjords. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Or like, for the fjords. like Slarty Bartfast, maybe we've done a little bit of designing of making all of these. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a reference in our Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> um so yeah, this is just it's a little bit of a quick one, this one. Uh, but this one comes from uh, a company that's 
called Hammer of Hammers of the North, Hammer of the North. Uh, and they're going to be coming to Kickstarter very soon um, with their historical war game that's very sort of focused on a particular style of battle um, from like Dark Age, well, Thought Serpents, Vikings at War. Uh, and this is a uh, 10 mil scale Viking longship battle game uh, that they've been coming up with. Um, so, as I say, coming to Kickstarter very soon. Uh, so, there's a couple of different previews of what it's all about, sort of coming up and sort of coming out, coming to the fore as they sort of moved into like uh, December when the Kickstarter will actually kick off properly. Um, but essentially, it's a two player game where you're going to be taking on the role of a Jarl, and then you'll have your ship filled with your choice of troops uh, that can mix between sort of your standard. Uh, sort of herdsmen and stuff through to berserkers and all that kind of thing. And then you'll put them into the little tiny ships, as you can see there. And there's even little tiny slots for the bases to go into. It's so fun. It's lovely. <laughs> uh, and then you will actually fight it out in proper battles between ships in the fjords of Northern Europe, which I think is really cool. Um, each of the ships actually comes with... Um, alternative masts as well because that kind of plays into the gameplay mechanics a little bit we haven't heard too much about like gameplay properly yet mm-hmm. but that is going to be coming in videos and stuff that they're going to be working on um but as you're sort of playing the game and sailing around you'll change the ship masts to show how fast your ships are going and if they come to a stop and all that kind of stuff as well obviously when they've smashed into each other uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, really. But you'll be uh, sort of like tying together all these different elements to do some really interesting, essentially naval battles, but in the Viking Age, which I think is really cool. Um, from what we've seen of the sculpts, I think they're looking really good as well. Um, some really nice little blocks of infantry that they've been doing, really good little um, character models and all that kind of stuff as well. And one of the nice things about this, I think personally, is that if you were diving into the game, and you wanted to play out the Fjord Serpents game, you can do, obviously. That's all great. But then you can obviously take these away and play other games with them as well, which I think is really nice. They look so. like they're 10 mil. Yeah, yeah, they're all 10 mil. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. they will fit into so many games out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another th- thing that was really nice about this one, because I was sort of researching around and asking the guy a bunch of questions about it and stuff, and he was saying that they've done a, like a bunch of historical research on it as well. Mm-hmm. So all the troops that you see would have been the kind of troops that would have been fighting uh, on the on long ships and that kind of thing. And the ships that they've taken have been based on sort of um, archaeological evidence and what they've seen in museums and that kind of stuff. Obviously, a lot of stuff to do with the Vikings and that kind of period is fairly open to interpretation anyway. So there's a little bit of the sagas in there when it comes to this kind of stuff. But why wouldn't you want to play something as epic as, you know, a mighty Viking saga on the tabletop? And uh, yeah, I think it's looks very cool. Wind. Yes, so there is <laughs> so there is like wind direction and all that kind of stuff for you to take into account, and there you can see the different sail types. So obviously you have sails down and sails up and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's a lot cool. of ten mil troops. It is, yes, mm-hmm. and very nice details. As you can yeah, I have no problem with this at all. Even from just a, even if you're not planning on playing the game, mm-hmm. getting your hands on a couple of, of nice dragon ships and a load of it was, ten mil uh, figures for us. It was really nice. I shared this on social media and stuff on our Facebook and the amount of people that were like liking and loving this and stuff. And I was like, well, this is, this is strange. I didn't think it would take off. But everyone's been like, oh my God, this is so amazing. I get to have 10 mil ships and I get to play out Viking naval battles. This is cool. So yeah, there's clearly uh, an appetite for this kind of game out there. And uh, it'd be really fun to see how it all comes together. That looks like the one from Norway. Yeah, that the, is that the, the big one that's sort of it's, set in. The, yeah, it's, it's almost completely intact. Yeah, it has a very similar proud. It's probably what they based on. Mm-hmm. Have they said um, 
Are these going to be metal or plastic, or are they not really uh, no, details for the Kickstarter yet? I haven't said anything about the uh, materials and stuff, but um, I would imagine um, we're going to be seeing uh, probably like a mix of, me- of metal and plastic, probably, mm-hmm. or maybe resin. Um, but as I say, I think the focus is on this this being a miniatures game in a box yeah. rather than it being like a board game, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So they're probably going to go down that route of using materials that we're, we're, very, we're very familiar with. And that kind of thing, so. So yeah, keep an eye out for it. I'll definitely be covering it in more detail when the Kickstarter go live and that kind of stuff. Okay, oh, yeah. talking about it again. So yeah, looks really fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, always good to lay about you, <laughs> showing people what you want to do in life. Yeah, uh, no Norwegians here, I notice. Oh, there's our seal being changed. Yeah, I think the elements that they're showing there are the three D print, are three D printable ones yeah, that they've already been yeah. working on stuff. But uh, like yeah. prototypes. Yeah, but yeah, it just looks so evocative. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, being able to turn on a dime and then uh, smash into your opponent. Actually, you wouldn't be smashing in because the ship's too valuable to smash into it. Getting very, very close. (laughs) Pull alongside very close and then jump off. Murder everybody very gently (laughs) on board so you don't actually Stop putting holes in my ship. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's an interesting little thing because it's... It's one we often see Age of Seal mm-hmm. um, a lot. And then obviously more modern World War One, World War Two uh, gets a, an awful lot of days in court, so to speak. But for a nation or group of nations that were so intrinsically attached to boating, even today, you can't go near the place without running into boaters all over the place. Uh, <laughs> you would think we'd have seen more Viking Based, would have thought so. Because yeah. you know, there have been, there are accounts of large, sort of fleets mm-hmm. of, of uh, various Scandinavian ships attacking mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Is this their first? Their first Kickstarter. That's... Yeah, it comes from a guy in Australia. So uh, yeah, right. comes. yeah, it comes from a land down under. Comes from a land down under. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm excited, keen, plucky for the fray. I like it Very a good. lot, but then good. you know, Vikings are always good fun. Yeah, right. Cool. Speaking of good fun, <laughs> or in this case, genre-defining comic books. Yes. Mm, yeah. What are they so, up to over at night? Uh, so we're going to be diving into a bunch of new releases coming out for the Batman miniature game. Um, so yeah, they're they're doing their Black Friday sale and all kinds of things going on at the moment. A whole bunch of different companies are. In fact, make sure to go and check out our Black Friday deals list. It's on our website. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there that you can go check out. But anyway, away from that, we also got the regular releases from Night Models for the Batman Miniatures game, starting off with a whole bunch of uh, supervillains from Arkham Asylum. Um, so if you're familiar with the video game series, which is fantastic, definitely worth a go if you've not tried it, um, they've sort of brought together a bunch of the different characters in the Arkham Asylum uh, aesthetic uh, and uh, put them together in a nice little collection for you to use in your games. So you've got, as you can see there, Penguin, the Joker, Two-Face, Harley Quinn, and Scarecrow looking very cool indeed. Um, always a fan of the that kind of Arkham look to the models, and I think they've kind of nailed it here once again with these sculpts. 
really nice stuff indeed. Um, beyond that, we've also got a whole bunch of other villains that have been put together in little sets. Um, so you've got Bane, who's uh, roided out on his uh, Venom, although I think this is the Titan Overdrive version of him. Yep. Um, from uh, from the game, which is looking very cool. I love the idea of playing like a really nice dynamic scenario with him, where he actually, in kind of Marvel Crisis Protocols fashion, smashes through things and throws things around. Just what against so, everyone, every, yes, every trend yeah. tick being. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be very cool. Uh, but again, fantastic model there that's uh, come to life really nicely. There's also a model for Killer Croc, um, again based on the Arkham Asylum aesthetic uh, there too. So. You know, again, set up a really fun scenario that you could put uh, put out where you now have all the different raft sections built into the sewer system underneath Arkham, and then Batman's got to run across them as like Killer Croc like leaps out to try and attack him and that kind of thing. So that could be really fun. Um, as you can see, he's already claimed the life of one security I'm guard. Just look at that, yeah. So uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah, or as he thinks of it, a tinned meal. Um, mm. But yes, <laughs> have to peel him out of it first. Yeah. And, uh, become a packaging. <laughs> uh, and then last but not least for the villains, we also have the Joker, but in this Titan form. So if you remember the end of the game uh, for Arkham Asylum there, you've got the Titan version of the uh, the Joker uh, kicking ass and taking names in his roided out state. And, Another uh, just that Venom, fun. is he? Yeah, well, it's the ti- yeah the Venom t- Titan serum or whatever it is um, that they use for this. That Have, uh, haven't yeah. played the game. Oh well, they are very good. They're definitely worth playing, which is very nice. Uh, but yeah, so if you if you're interested in diving into a little bit of Batman and uh, like Benji and- from Osprey, actually. <laughs> with that, uh, with with the hair, yes, it definitely yeah. does actually. Maybe we should send in that as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey Benji, they made a model of you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so another uh, fantastic villain miniature as you can see there. All of the um, miniatures that um, Night Model are doing now, I think they've moved away from their sort of classic resin production to doing the thermoplasticy seocast. Seocast, yeah, yeah. So um, that should mean that you get a bunch of uh, bunch more detail and a lot less of the kind of quirks and stuff that you normally get with the resin I production. Of did an unboxing for the the, Robert the Batman Pattinson. star set, yeah, 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 um, and the detail is is excellent they had used seocast previously the, the last for a few things yeah for, yeah the last um i'm trying to remember the name of it it had the joker's fun ground or fun fair as the the terrain and stuff in it, it yeah i remember have, the they may just have called it the batman miniatures game starter set it may not have had a special name they used an earlier version of seocast in that uh, and it was very rubbery the new stuff is firmer it still has right. flex mm-hmm. but it's it's a a better firmness uh, and has really captured the detail remarkably well, especially on emo Batman <laughs> walking around with his head up like everybody's against him. Well, we might be seeing a version of him in the, in, in the near future. So yeah. yeah, as well as the um, villains, we also got a couple of versions of Batman. Um, so there's this one, which is Batman from the cult, the cult. miniseries. Um, when no, he gets a, a bit a brainwashed. Legendary, legendary <laughs> front cover right there. Yeah. 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 Um, I had to do a little, I'd, I'd not read this series, I must admit, but uh, I did a little bit of digging on it and it sounds f- fantastic. Oh, it, it, it was only four books long. Um, you know that Batman meme where he's slapping Robin? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. From like the golden age Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the cult, there's a bit where uh, Jason Todd, before he gets battered to death and exploded, um, he, he there's a reverse shot exactly the same as that golden age one but it's it's robin slapping batman and telling oh, wow. him to snap out of it <laughs> yeah. across two panels and i've always enjoyed that 
<laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, so if you're obviously diving into playing out that particular mini series or something on the tabletop, mm. this would be a great miniature for that. I also think going back to the Arkham aesthetic during the game, his like his outfit gets more bedraggled yeah. and beaten up and that kind of stuff. And this would be a really fun yeah, miniature really for that. To put in against them. Also, there are lots of different versions of Batman that Night Models have done. Mm. And a, lot, a lot of them are kind of like very big, almost display style models. Mm. I think this one's really great because it's just Batman looking like he's going to beat seven shades of hell out of somebody. Um, and I think that's great. So <laughs> it's really that. Our, our editors, thank you for the self-censoring. I, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd like the fact that, you know, because there's been so many different books over mm-hmm. the years and different interpretations by different writers yeah. that if they've got, if there's one that you really like, chances are, if they haven't already, they will get to us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, because I think they've even yeah. done Red Rain, Vampire Batman. I think. They've done a whole. They've done so many. They've done like all the Frank Miller ones. There, and, and there like, was even for a very brief time, and he's not there anymore. And I assume it's licensing. There was a 1960s Adam West Batman there was, at one yeah. point, yeah. Um, which I would love if they could yeah. bring that back and do the villains from that as well. So the King Tut and, and the Mad Hatter and all the ones that you never they see. Did the these Boy days. Wonder and his little tighty tighty greenies, I suppose. As they well, did. So. It, was <laughs> it was so so very good. But, uh, but yeah, the cult the cult is more or less responsible for Batman and DC Comics from then to now you know whenever people go marvel's really bright and shiny and dc's it's constantly in the rain and it's dark that's all thanks to like the cult and then <laughs> uh dark knight rises and yeah the, those those pair of books or i suppose if you include moore's um killing joke in there th- those three sort of changed them from being campy bright poppy colors into everything's dark and, miserable and uh, yeah. i have to beat you to death yeah, nice. Very stuff. nice version of that. There's also, if you like the idea of Moody Batman, there is also Robat Bat and Bat on his Bat bike um, for you to <laughs> play around with as Thanks well. So, <laughs> if you uh, want, because obviously there's obviously the, there's the um, the version of him that already exists in the starter set and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, if you've already got the version of Batman on foot, as it were, now you can have him mounted up on the bat of, on the back of a bike, not the bat of a bike. Jesus, <laughs> too many bats. <laughs> Uh, and have him herring around the streets of Gotham and uh, kicking ass and taking names in his own special way. It's, yeah, and, uh, very, very special way. Yeah, and then- I, I will also say it's definitely worth having a look at the Batman Managed Game. Um, I know a lot of people kind of be like, what edition is this? Oh, well, that kind of thing. Technically, it's the same as the previous yeah. edition. They, they have solidified a lot of stuff change. over the last little while and kind of condensed it down. So it's very much, it's a lot easier to dive into the game and have fun with it. Mm. And it's a very dynamic and different game uh, from what you might normally think. There's lots of different objectives to dive into and have fun with. It's a little bit asymmetrical in that regard as well. Um, so it's definitely worth having a look at it and seeing what you think. The, so. the only issue for me is that yeah. app because we all know yeah. how i handle yes. technology which is badly <laughs> at best yeah. um but if you can get past the fact that apps are a thing that the kids use uh and and try and try and manhandle your way through it yeah. uh, all the the list building part is in there uh so that's handy the rules thankfully are printed in the book um we may have to play some batman miniatures game i have a full set of um Sitting around somewhere. Well, I've I've got the, the miniatures game that they've sent, but I've got painted uh, one from a previous edition. So I've got Batman, uh, some police, and I've got Poison Ivy uh, and uh, some of her plant friends. That'd so, be fun to see played out. So yeah, yeah, we could we could make a really nice Gotham in the cage. There's loads. Of, got loads of good buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just all off to John's left as he's sitting there. There's loads of high rises <laughs> and stuff. 
Your other left, John. Other left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, maybe we'll have a look at that then in the future as well. See if I can paint up uh, Colin Farrell, and then we can spend all time yes. pointing out that it was Colin Farrell and people going, I didn't realize it was Colin Farrell. It's him. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so Doing it's... the meme. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on, another little bit of quick news yep. uh, for everyone to dive into as well. So if you are a fan of Frostgrave and you like that game system, or if you like Stargrave, Ghost Hop, Archipelago, or Rangers of Shadow Deep, uh, Joseph McCullough has put together a new supplement uh, by himself, basically, mm. um, for you to dive into and have fun with. Uh, this is in no way needed for you to actually play the game. It's just a bit of fun. Um, but as uh, McCullough himself said, the D20 table wasn't enough. Welcome the D1000 table. Nice. So he has put together a D1000 table of mutations to affect your wizards, your champions, your warriors, and everything in between for use in Frostgrave. So if you too want to drink a potion and turn your arm into a crab, uh, and do the or do the lobster, then uh, you now have the option to do so. Um, it said he says that the mutations range from the utterly silly, like just randomly sneezing, um, through to weird and wonderful stuff that could turn you into incredible. Uh, epic monsters and everything in between. So yes, very cool. But that's so, what you want with mutations, exactly. When you've got crazy mutos, you want them to have that. Yes, yeah. Warfrip yeah. did it very well. As did 40k actually at the very start before they started taking the more role play side <laughs> out and making it more miniature game focused. Because you you would have these massive tables and you go eyes on stocks plus one initiative or something, you know, really weird, you know, couldn't be caught from behind because they would bend back. But then you could have other ones that had like no in-game effects at all. It was just like really bad eczema. Just there Things for like modeling that. purposes. Oh, that's, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah, just there for novelty yeah. value. And there was nothing worse than running up a really good character and then getting some tragic mutation, like ear in the middle of your forehead. <laughs> Break out the green stuff and start working on that. Yeah. So. They were always, always good fun. So it's nice to see. And like Joe often does, none of the books are really necessary yeah um so if you're happy with just the core frostgrave book you just stick to the core frostgrave book and just keep playing but if there's something that takes your fancy in any of them or you think oh that'd be fun to add in um you can pick and choose between them so i always yeah. like that i like the the expansiveness of it without being forced into taking on every single thing and building up an extensive library you know you can just cut and paste and pick and choose between whatever you and your group wants to do. So I bought on stocks time. Yeah. And as I say, it can be reused beyond Frostgrave as well. So you've got Stargrave or um, Ghost Archipelago, which use the same systems, essentially. And uh, Rage of Shadow Deep, you can just tweak things and add them to those games. Stargrave, Shay, Shay. Stargrave. We could end up with uh, that terrible psionic Dr. X. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say what I'm going to say next, but with, with an on his back. actually That's being a problem, yes, who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> his mutant ability can't walk. <laughs> perfect. Yep, perfect. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Comes out of a little hover chair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, so, as uh, moving on from a little bit of fantasy, we also mm-hmm. have some stuff from the Mortal Realms and from the Grim Dark Future. Because Games Workshop did their big old Warhammer preview last weekend. Of course, they did it after our weekend of show. Why would they not do it so that they would help us? 
There we go. Uh, but anyway, so a big set of reveals for Warmer 40,000, especially focused around the Armies of Chaos. Um, we got some new stuff coming out for the World Eaters. Um, so Corn got a bit of a glow up. These guys are called the Eight Bound, and in proper heavy metal fashion, they are space marines, or traitor space marines, I suppose, who have been locked inside a vault, and then eight demons are sort of fed into the vault with them, and they have to battle uh, within their mind to try and take control of the demons that are trying to infest their bodies. Um, if they manage to control the demons, then they burst out the other side as proper banass berserkers with the power of eight demons inside them. Um, ding, 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 ding. All I can think of is searching inside yourself, but to metal. <laughs> um, and I've also uh, accepted the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so if you're looking to run around as blood craze maniacs, then you can do that with the eight bound. There's also, as you can see here, the exalted eight bound. So when you've become properly harmonious with your eight demons, uh, you can become exalted and essentially become more or less a corn possessed in many ways where you get access to a hell of a lot more abilities and strength and power and all that kind of stuff. And a little less of your humanity. I always you felt were very human corn. to begin with. Yeah. I yeah, always so. felt that they were lacking power strength and had too much. <laughs> often, often said that about corn. Yeah. They were stacking um, up the baby skulls. But, uh, thrones. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but uh, as well as that, we also got a look at some of the sort of world eater themed cultists which I think is really nice. And I love the Games Workshop is going down the route of actually building on the cultists uh, in different ways and providing us with very thematic versions of them for using your games. So these are the jackals, uh, and they are basically normal humans, essentially, who have decided to throw their lot in with the world eaters. Um, there's also some ab humans in there as well. Mm. That guy there with the big skull mace or skull flail essentially oh, yeah. is a uh, is a, an ab human um, but um they are cultists who have decided to throw themselves in front of the enemies of the world eaters to soak all the bullets because that's exactly how they'll be used um with tanks on their backs that are filled with um toxins and all sorts of different things that kind of make them berserk and crazy on the battlefield but murder juice there's a special additional thing a drop of world eater tainted blood uh, is put into each of their um kind of toxin packs on their back so that they're infused by a little bit of that kind of primaris or space marine spirit as well on the tabletop which i think is kind of cool and sort of sends love, it over the edge so. i love the chainsaw punch dagger yes <laughs> is that a functional chainsaw who knows <laughs> It doesn't matter if it cuts my hand off or yours. It's uh, it's it's much of a muchness to corn. So yeah, corn, <laughs> corn, do, corn does not care from where the blood yes. flow. <laughs> yeah, I like that they've also got the kind of um, black templar thing going on, where they've got the manacles with the chains onto their weapons, so they can never lose them. <laughs> it's, it's from yeah. a whole different thing. Like the templars do it because it's ritual. These guys yeah. do it because if I drop it, at least I can drag it back or use it yes. as a flail. Ma just Mummies, swing it around your head. Yeah, mummies put their weapons on strings like mittens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you got the the jackals there, looking very cool and very mean. Um, this also comes with obviously the release of the codex, which is very soon. Um, so this is going to give you access to the new corn berserkers as your kind of core space marines for the world eaters. You've got the return of Angron at the back there on the left, as you can see. Kicking ass and taking names. Um, there's also the uh, Chaos Lord and the Juggernaut, which you can see over off to the right hand side. I'm just going to point out those Dark Angels are screwed. 
Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> and yeah, there's also going to be no loss. They're not going to tell anyone if they were, though. That's true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, and then, as you can see in the background, there's a whole bunch of the other stuff that's going to be available in the Codex. So you've obviously got the the Exalted, as you can see, and the Eight Bound, um, your standard Jackals and regular Space Marines, and that the the, the I can't remember what he's called. Is he the Skull Lord? Who's the oh, big guy the on big the track thing? The big yeah, track he thing. Is Skull Lord. The Skull Lord, whatever his name is, Lord Nobody of Skulls. Cares. Lord of Skulls. Nobody Lord cares because it's a daft looking model. Anyway. It is so stupid, but I really like that they made the leg kit for him, or somebody made a leg kit. Somebody for him. made a leg kit. Yeah. It wasn't GW. Just no. took a defiler here, yeah. and uh, yeah. Um, so you're able to play with him if you really want to as well. I don't know why you would, but yeah. Also, in the top right, if you look just a minute, it looks like it looks like there's a sneaky little Chaos Lord up there that I've not seen before. Um, Karn. Oh, no. maybe that's the new Karn. That could yeah, be new no, it Karn. looks it looks too stand upright for Karn. Mm-hmm. It does have a massive axe and is covered in booty armor. That's mm. true. Yeah, but I've not seen that before. So that's some sneaky boy, sneaky, sneaky. He's like the assassin hiding in the big diorama at Warhammer World. I've never found him. Mm. Oh, there we go. That's terrible. Uh, we also got some news about what's coming up for the kind of expanded storyline of um, one forty thousand. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about this one. So Arcs of Omen is going to be the new kind of campaign-esque thing that's going to be happening for 140,000 that starts in the winter, moves through into kind of like the centre of next year. I wonder what's going to happen at the end of it. (laughs) Tenth edition. (laughs) Um, So there's going to be four books. Uh, The first of them is Abaddon. Then you have um, Angron. And then the third one is Vashtor, which we'll look at in a second. And then finished off is a redacted version. Mm. But it says Auto Xenos on it. So it's not going to be about chaos, which is nids. quite interesting. It's going to oh, be nids. Probably going to be nids, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, so we're going to see uh, the arrival of uh, all these big celebrities on the tabletop doing their thing. and um, Losing if, horribly. Yeah, probably. Losing if, laughably, sorry. Yeah. Although if Abaddon's um, track record is anything to go by, he's just going to send the arcs of omens into planets and destroy them like he did with Cadia, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yes, uh, Cadia stands and all that. <laughs> if it worked once. If it worked once, keep doing maybe, it, yeah. Maybe they'll end timers. They'll get to maybe, the last book. Yes. I'll just go, right, that's it. 40K's yeah. gone, that universe is destroyed. Yeah. We'll have 140K a, Age of Angron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more upbeat, mm. uplifting, uh, poppy. Cheap, everything becomes chibi. Yes. It's still oh like God, Japanese chibi, early morning yeah. game show. That'd be version. cool. Yeah. Let's look, do that. Look uh, forward to the, the videos of YouTubers burning their 40k. <laughs> eyes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also got to see a miniature for Vashtor, mm-hmm. uh, who we saw in the artwork there. So Vashtor, the Archifane, is essentially the arms dealer. Um, think of him as the Lord of War Nicholas Cage of the one of 40,000 universe. He did wow. not age uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what when you have too much uh, plastic surgery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so he, so this is Vashtor. He is, um, he's not a demon prince. Uh, so he's not a mortal who's become a demon. Uh, he's a demon in his own right from with, within the eye of terror and all that kind of stuff. Um, who has been slowly working away in the background because of course he has, he's, he's not a new character uh, that has been sort of working away in the background and has now found his time to make his mark upon the galaxy. Uh, as they said during the preview for this guy, he, every kind of big technological shift within the grim dark universe has kind of empowered Vashtor. Uh, so for example, the, uh, the Necron tier turning into the Necrons and that kind of stuff that has been a big thing on, on Vashtor and given him power. Um, they also pointed out Belisarius Call, T, 
tinkering around in the background and doing all of his weird stuff with the Primaris probably uh, made uh, Vashtor very happy in so his little pocket of the galaxy. This this is this is the Deus Ex Machina that is going to allow yes. Chaos to have Primaris Marines. Pretty much. Probably, I'm yeah. going to call oh, him right. Space Bellacor. Yeah. He is very Space <laughs> Bellacor, yes. <Yeah. laughs> Meanwhile, real Bellacor is like, oi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when he is um, manifested in the real world, in real space, uh, he is uh, made up of the twisted offerings of the, the fleshy subjects that are given up in his name alongside all sorts of different pieces of technology you can see there. Carries a big hammer which would make sense for someone who forges things for the chaos, the chaos uh, powers. And uh, apparently he's uh, a big fan of the old dark mechanicum. And while we didn't get anything sort of properly hinted at for that, I still think we're going to see dark mechanicum coming up as a, a proper option for people on the tabletop in the near future. So it'd be really cool. So yeah, stuff. tiny little stabby wings. He's got tiny, he's got very little tiny stabby wings. Yes. And he's got a little, a little Edward Scissorhands hand as well. Yep. So uh, yeah, <laughs> as someone pointed out, he's got a very shocked face. He's like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> did not expect to be here today. <laughs> but yeah, obviously that's what I think about this. Uh, what do you guys think about the, well, specifically you, John and Shay, what do you think about what's happening with the 40 K and this kind of, evolving storyline you interested in it i'm or? i'm giving up on the storyline because just when Fair it enough. starts to <laughs> just when it starts to feel like it's settling into some sort of narrative they go lol no <laughs> four bucks it took me Sorry. it took me three years to get over belisarius call being in the background for ten thousand years and never having been mentioned until you know four years ago <laughs> um it took me a long time to get used to gillum and being okay with that <laughs> so that's I'm just good for you. I'm just going to build my Cadians and I'm just going to play my Live in your little Cadian pocket of space. I'm going to just scream Cadia stands every time someone says, oh, Abaddon's really good. And I'm like, hmm. Cadia stands. Cadia stands. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. You need to have <laughs> one of those little buttons. You need, you need a button or something on your phone where you can just hit the button and it just says, Cadia stands. <laughs> As you're fighting yeah, or something. I'll do, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving away from the grim darkness of the far future and what they've got planned for that, there's also a bunch of releases that, well, pre previews that came out, what's happening in uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Um, so there's something for the Grand Alliance of Chaos and something for the Grand Alliance of Destruction as well. So uh, we got only one. One new miniature revealed for uh, the it's, Beasts of Chaos, uh, which was the new... Beast Lord. Watches all the Beastman this, fans go, oh, we're finally getting models. Now. Yeah, this is this is clearly aimed at Discourse Miniatures. She's like, finally, I've got a new Beastman yes. or something. <laughs> but only one. There'll be a 20-minute yeah. video on that next week. Yeah. Don't worry. You've still got your sort of weird muscle-suited uh, Minotaurs in that I'm, range. I'm having flashbacks to the, you know, the last time they did a big release for them, and it was just the Cygore. Kiss. The Saigon and, and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. And everybody thought, oh, this is it. Beastmen are finally getting the Ruin Army book. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. It's a, it's a real shame because I really like the aesthetic of a lot of the Beastman stuff. And I like the idea of just making a horde of Beastmen that charge across the battlefield and can Great. bring things on from different locations and ambush and all that kind ambush of stuff. And skirmish and they put a really chariots cool, and all sorts. Yeah. They put a really cool mechanic in there for the herdstones with the last version of the book where you can have that set up at the back of the board and you can do like rituals at the back with your Bray Shames that will like empower your beasts and that kind of thing. It just feels a real shame. Really Obviously, we don't army. know, but it feels like a real shame that the um, the Beastmen only get in this maybe for now. 
I, I, I was thinking to myself, maybe we'll see some more stuff in the future. But then I thought that about the ogres, and they just got that one like bounty hunter type guy, uh, and that was it. It really so that was a shame, but uh, but yeah, we'll see what they do with it anyway. Um, it's not bad. It is striking the actor's pose, mind you. Yes, yes. No, well, it's the, the conservative uh, uh, sort of um, uh, MP kind of power stance that they had in all their photos <laughs> back when they were doing the election. Yeah, so. <laughs> but anyway, the flags yeah. behind him. I like that he's still got the classic um, elf head. Um, strapped to his belt, well, yeah. which was always the way to go. But yeah, really nice stuff there. But yeah, nice, nice of the model. Hopefully, we get some more stuff for them in the future. Um, for the gloom spike gits and the goblins of mm. uh, the Immortal Rounds, we also got some new yeah. stuff. They fare this much one, better. Yeah, this this is also very interesting. So, and it was something that was pointed out in a couple of videos I'd seen for this. So, um, we're getting the Snarlfangs riders. So these are your kind of classic wolf riding goblins uh, mm-hmm. that you'll know from kind of the old one and that kind of stuff but updated obviously we had the Snarlfangs riders um box set that came out for warhammer underworlds i want to mm-hmm. say that was a set of wolf riding goblins which was really nice and i think that's obviously spurred them on to produce them in uh, in different sets for use in the sort of general games of uh, of warhammer age of sigmar but something that was pointed out about this is that they don't look inherently mortal realmsy they kind of look like they could be both useful for the Mortal Realms and Age of Sigma, but, but would also perfectly fit into the old world. And obviously that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, this is a hint as to kind of what they want to try and do with the sets. I like, so. I like that they feel more... Uh, do you know the way we, we were talking about a box set months ago where it was like, these guys look really simple. They're yes. not... They're not covered in just stuff they're not just detailed covered not detail. busy yeah, kind of yeah, thing, yeah exactly yeah. these yeah. feel really tidy mm-hmm. they feel really tight like the sculpts are nice the, yes. there's, pl- there's plenty of detail where it needs to be which is what mm-hmm. i like yeah. and they feel very classic they do which i think is really good and a lot of people are gonna gonna love these i think they were one of the big standouts of, of all the stuff they previewed mm-hmm. really was this kind of stuff but uh yeah, really nice stuff there for uh, the the Groom Spike Gits. But if you are interested in playing out um, kind of Warhammer Underworlds and enjoying that kind of stuff, there was also a bunch of <laughs> releases for Warhammer Underworlds. So one of the nice things about the uh, the Goblins, uh, well, obviously, there's a Battle Tomes coming and all that kind of stuff as well, which we'll, we'll get well. to. But yeah, so that's coming down the pipeline. And also, oh, actually, before we move into the 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 loon the loon the loonies, um, if you go to the next image, there's also a look at what's coming up down the road. So um, Obviously, we've got the three battle tomes coming sort of this winter, so throughout December and into January. Spring sees five new books coming out, which is kind of wild. And then there's one more coming in summer. Um, so I'll be interested to see what the spread is for those and what kind of models we see coming out. I'm really hoping that summer um, sees like the big release of 10th edition for 40K, but also the reinvention of the three cities for Age of Sigmar, because they've been they've been showing lots of different little previews of their kind of updated version of them. They're going to be lurking that here. Might be, yeah, I think that might be them, and we might get to see a much better look at them, moving away from them, just using the kind of free guild Empire State Troopers that we've seen in the past, and providing us with um, some more original sculpts for the humans of the Mortal Realms. That would be really fun. But uh, yeah, um, Going back to the loonies, mm. um, Grinkrax Loon Court, has been previewed for Warhammer Underworlds. Uh, so this is a new warband of goblins led by Grinkrak, as you can see there, who has sired each of his noble Gloomspike gits with his uh, his halberd, as you can see, and uh, has now taken them off on a proper quest, not 
chaos, a proper quest mm. uh, into mm. yeah. the underworld in order to do the the moon's bidding. And so we have a nice set of very kind of medieval nightly themed uh, goblins to use on the tabletop. So you've got like the little kind of weird goblin purveys there with mm. the kind of squig launcher on the top of it, which I think is amazing. Uh, there's a, a Basically, a goblin polo <laughs> uh, player. Doesn't into lance, so it just ends in a mallet. That's yes. <laughs> uh, so you've got him riding out, which I think is fantastic. Uh, you've also got these, again, more fantastic looking uh, uh, goblin knights. So you've got them in that kind of really awesome moon style armor with the helmets that close down, which I think is fantastic. And who wouldn't want to charge someone with a squig on the end of a stick? Probably a lot more dangerous than having a bit of metal on the end of it, I would say. And if it if it comes off, you could just let it go, I suppose. So, yeah. so yeah. I should always tie your weapons on yeah. with a string. Like there's me. also yeah, there's also the guy there with his kind of like it's mushroom blowpipe. Blowpipe, yeah. As they said in the preview for this, nobody knows how it works, and neither does he. Uh, but it seems to do the job. <laughs> I assume he's just like firing little toxin sacks at people and that kind of stuff. I think it would be quite nice. And then, of course, you've got a few more of the knights, as you can see there, sort of standard guys there with the uh, kind of, again, the lance, spear, sword style thing going on and uh, the little moon shields and all that kind of thing. I, so, yeah. I love that they never let go of the comedy element of the goblins. Yes. Yes. I think, you know, from squig hoppers on, like everything is just, you look at it and it just makes you want to smile. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that's great about these because it kind of engenders a real sense of fun and uh, get you thinking about fun and, and different paint schemes and all that kind of stuff in the game as well. I like that they've, they've lent into more of the Brian Froud-esque uh, armour on them as well, so that they're no longer just running about in little tiny robes. They have these yeah. ridiculous big... Uh, Very impractical. You know, yeah, there's no way that is them. going down over that nose. No. <laughs> not, not easily anyway. I just imagine yeah. him holding it and just pushing his nose up. <laughs> As he's the visor down. Or you get someone to punch him in the face first and then close him. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are yeah. a terrific looking set. He's mm, got a Jimmy Hill there. based chin mask. <laughs> yes. So, one for the kids again. Always yeah. with the references for the kids. But uh, yeah, I think it's a really fun little set. And uh, as you say, John, I think the, uh, the Gloom Spikes, the Goblins, get uh, served pretty well by uh, the Mortal Realms and Games Workshop. Yeah. So yeah. Sweet cool. to the beat. Right. I think that wraps us up for the news. Mm. We shall return momentarily for some 3D printing and Kickstarters. We are back and we've got an inky dinky little 3D printing is the chisney. Yes. Yeah. This is um, exciting and different and new and strange yeah. and bizarre. <laughs> Unexpected. Yeah, so this yeah, so this is somewhat following on from a little tiny kind of 3D printing in the preview that we did earlier. I've, I've just sworn. Well done, John. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the preview that we did a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you may have been off, Jerry. I, don't, I can't remember. Uh, I think you probably I, were. I was off when they yeah. announced it. Um, so, yes. So, email going, what's going on with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, the Atlantic Digital range has now been launched uh, by the folks at War Games Atlantic. And I thought we should have a quick look at it because they've actually put a lot more out to begin with than I initially thought they were going to do. Um, so, you may remember when we Should talked be. about it in our little preview um, that they'd kind of put up like a, a form so that you could kind of ask what you wanted to come out first, right? 
And I was working on the assumption that I would be like, they'll do one set for November and they'll see how it goes. And that'll be it <laughs> uh, based on what people have said. But no, they've released pretty much everything that they previewed back then the, the with a whole bunch of additional stuff as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's a fascinating um, idea. So for people who aren't aware, I don't know how much of this you covered in the previous one because I don't watch the show unless I'm on it. That's how big an ego I am. <laughs> if I'm on it, I'll watch it from start to finish. <laughs> I, was, I was amazing. Um, but... <laughs> When they announced that they were doing this, this was sort of twofold. One, it's to make pieces accessible that they wouldn't be able to do as uh, just a, a plastic kit. So it wouldn't be cost effective to do a single hero in plastic on a tool. Um, but also some of these sets will be available in plastic down yes. the line. Mm -hmm. But it's just they've already got the sculpts done, but the tooling is obviously the thing that will bottleneck the whole um plan behind us uh, yeah. so so things like i imagine the gurkhas for the imperial conquest which we'll have a look at and the russians and and that sort of thing that the larger meteor sets will eventually come out in hard plastic but for three printy type people I would imagine <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you can lay your hands on yeah. things like flan do yeah on flan well, boy yeah it was one of the things we talked about. I, I, I think you raised it, John. The thing that's really nice about these is this this allows them, and as you were saying, Jerry, to kind of bolt on stuff to existing kits as well. Like one of the one of the kits that we were really taken by when we looked at the preview was the um Afghans. the Afghan one. I knew it was the uh, how did I know it was the Afghans? Because it allows you to take the there you go. Yeah, uh, allows you to take the um the the stuff from you know from the colonial sort of the the colonial wars yeah. into the 1900s and turn them into modern fighters because the actual sort of basic dress hasn't necessarily changed from other tribes. But yeah, the, so, the throbes yeah. and, and um, all the rest are, are spot on, and that's enough to let you do everything from the 80s onwards. Pretty so much. from when the CIA first started sticking their oar in all the way through to... <laughs> from another kind of imperial conquest. <laughs> to, to today, when CIA are probably still sticking their oar in. Um, <laughs> it's all good to go. Or if you want to do modern stuff like Spectre and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's one of the sets I want to... I want to see if Hudson will send us because I, I've got a spare box of Afghan warriors that I wasn't planning on using for Imperial, but with then we could do up for modern gaming. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how well they match or fit, or is there much of a, presumably it's all sets so you just hit print like John and Che do, and it comes out at the right size for the plastic models they've already made. I would um, imagine it's totally sort of themed to what they've already done. Yeah, here, so. having to rescale things would make <clears> you cry. I imagine. Well, actually, having head print would make me cry, so I'd leave that to other people. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a, an interesting thing to see this appear. So you've got a mix of sort of heroes, add-ons, and then full full units. Yeah, yeah. as well. I will yeah. start throwing up some of the Napoleonics because these are great. I love that. Yeah. We'll have a look at the Ottoman heads as well because why not? We're in that neck of the woods. And oh look, Kirkus. The alien trees are really fun as well. That's a nice yep. little weird aside for them to be going down that kind of thing so like, yeah imagine based on the way that looks that's very similar to the prussian the big six, army build the, kit the army did, builder yeah. 60 man box yeah. um so it's it's as little as humanly possible for gluing together when you're trying to do mm -hmm. massive um regiments yeah but I, I like the fact they've still got the various styles of hat in there mm -hmm. and those huge cockade plumes but yeah it's a I'm, I'm surprised people haven't been crying out for the Spanish because they previewed the Spanish so long ago. So very long ago. 
Um, which means they've got them somewhere. Which, Although hopefully, because they're not in this, that means they're in the tooling queue and actually about to come out in plastic, finally, after having wound us all up for so long, Hudson. If you're watching, Hudson. Where's our Spanish? I was, I was so fearful that my the World War One British that I wanted were going to end up on this. We're going to end up on this. Plastic kit. Oh, and I was like, oh, thank God. They're actually making the plastic kit. It's fine. So. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Then you've got your Ottoman heads. Fezzes. So handy if you've got the um the World War One German box. Or if you're looking to um do things like uh the hand mummy. for World War Two. <laughs> you could do the mummy and one of those could be Benny. <laughs> yeah. On the wrong side, side of the, the river. river. This one here probably. <laughs> yeah. Were there any particular kits and stuff from this that you'd seen that you guys were interested in, Shane, John? Um, I I would have been interested in their maybe like the Eisenkern sort of coming over mm. in, into some of the three D print stuff. Uh, yeah. The guys that are not Steel Legion, I can't remember the names of them. Uh, Ram Jaeger, Ram Jaeger, yeah. not Ram Hauser. <laughs> I, I think we're more likely to see the Ram Jaeger, um, simply because the the Eisenkern are printed under license. Yeah. So I don't know if they would go out there on the STL. So I think anything like that or like the Quar. Mm-hmm. that are licensed in we probably won't see in here although never say never um but i know there's a lot more in the way of the eisenkern i I think in general though this like doing either full kits that are just not not viable for making into plastic or as we've done with as we've seen with the afghan stuff like making conversion kits mm. i think going down that conversion kit line is probably the best way for other companies as well as uh, War Games Atlantic that actually carry forward with this sort of stuff. The way to embrace 3D printing, you know, for um, for an example, uh, in Flames of War, when you have the Shermans that have the Calliope launchers and the, the Tulip launchers and stuff, instead of just producing that in resin, going ahead and making that a STL that's available uh, for people to actually yeah. download and print yeah. themselves. Obviously, keep the physical product if you've already made it. But hmm. give us, you know, give us that extra option. And for the likes of GW, your shoulder pads for heresy, your helmet options for heresy, that would have been a, an excellent way for them to look at it and carry FDL forward. FPL upgrade kits would be a really good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like this. I like the fact they've done stuff for the Grognards because you've already got, obviously, the they've totally expanded it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. heavy weapons. So these are weird because these are essentially half kit the horses themselves aren't printable um the horses is their new plastic horse set so the armor oh, the the body and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it all goes on the top and then you've got an ah. al- alternate head but That's the horse cool. itself you're not having to print out you just get the plastic kit and then stick it on top hence the uh the horse curtains up the top there <laughs> so that's a really nice way of doing you know sort of rough rider types and mm. then doing one-off sergeant as well um just to to add a bit Second one off, sorry. I mean, there's quite nice. Oh, it's got uh, tiny metallic legs. Oh, mm. um, there, there are officers with baguettes and bottles of wine and stuff on the sprue, uh, <laughs> but it's nice to have alternate. Why are you laughing, Shay? It's true. There's a baguette on the sprue. It's right. <laughs> nice to know that stereotypes continue into the future. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's what happens when you get picked up by aliens and dropped into the future on a death planet. <laughs> Speaking of death planets. 
alien trees. I really like these. I want me some of that from a Tyranids. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like a proper alien bio world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Seems to be flavour of the, the week. That. Lovely Carapia. tentacles. Carapaced mushrooms there, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it. It feels like they've basically just let their sculptors go. What are you work? What would you like to work on? <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. I imagine there's been brainstorming sessions where they're thinking like we could do yeah farm animals, and they're going yeah we could. But is anybody likely to buy? Who's going to buy them? Yeah, <laughs> um, you know because once you've got a set of farm animals for games like Saga, for example. Uh, that may require you to clash of spears. Um, yeah. Katana's also has things where you have to go and like herd cattle. Um, you so, don't exactly have modern ducks, do you? I suppose. Yeah, so. you, 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 don't, you don't need many. You probably got them for either dressing something or uh, the others on that, or <laughs> for objectives. And then yeah. once you've got them, you've got them. You don't need them again. I've got a set of sheep that I made Lloyd paint, uh, so I don't need any more sheep. <laughs> Cat, yay! That is a really buff cat. Jesus. That is a yeah. buff cat, but that's not half as buff as that bison. Yeah. Wow! Look at the flanks on it. Duckies. Ducks. Somebody was asking for swans this week, and annoyingly, I could only find one company making twenty-eight mil swans, which is oh. Stonehaven, and it's very, very difficult to get that swan. So there's a niche in the market, people. That'll break your arm. If there's not a swan yeah. in here, oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Definitely break your arm. Oh, but anyway, yeah. So those are, are all quite cute. But then it's the it's expanding the plastic ranges. So yes, expanding yeah. the Aztecs, expanding Greek the halflings. Oh very, very good if you're planning on uh, running stalwarts with great weapons for Crush One and Kings of War. Just saying. Yes, I did think these would probably be quite up your your alley. Right up my strassa, yes. yes. <laughs> and if I hadn't just built eighty halflings <laughs> uh, from yeah. War Games Atlantic to yeah. uh, pad out my infantry, I'd be probably on these, like uh, fly on stink. But yeah, that's really I really like those. They'd be good for the halfling knights as well. Mm. And kobolds, tiny little dog-faced so-and-sos, proper, not the dragon-faced ones, dog-faced bastards. They're the ones we want. <laughs> They're going to be teeny tiny. They must be like halfling-sized. You've got to think so. Yeah. Good kobolds yeah. are hard to find. Good center of gravity. <laughs> really buff, though. They are, yes. Well, you know. <laughs> My God. You've got nothing else to do except wait for the murder hobos to arrive. You better crap. <laughs> you press the bench press. <laughs> it's just it's like every day is, is uh, gym day in a cobalt cave. Because <laughs> oh that'd be today. a really funny way of doing a dungeon. Like, why are all these guys so tough? Well, they've been waiting for you for years. <laughs> just every so every room sense. is like a different gym type thing. Yeah. <laughs> the main like, room is just a room gyms. full of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'd be up for that. So is he. There's, there's loud pumping drum music coming from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fear the peloton. Oh man, work, working out to war drums would be good. Oh, yeah. Shay, need to remember that. That's really good. The Aztec war banner upgrade. Stick them on the back. The way you go. It's a really simple thing, but Alfonso time, the oh uh, traitor will be picking those up. Yeah. So, yeah. They are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
Before we go, we should probably have a look yeah. at the Greeks. I want to look at the Greeks because the Greek hoplite kit is just fantastic. Uh, at the top, the Greeks. Oh. At the top, oh, near the top. There they are. There Not the damned. There's also a tankette as well. Which there is. There's a little Italian tankette, which is perfect because they've got yeah. little um, Italian kit as well. Yeah. But a full-on Greek hoplite kit that you've mm. got to think is probably going to end up. Oh, getting uh, yeah, onto sprues at some point in the future, but uh, it's definitely because they've already got the Persians. They just need yeah. to do the Greeks, so then you can go full Peloponnesian War. Yeah, Bosh. but just a stunning little set of stuff in that classic hoplite attire. Those big round shields, yeah, this yeah. flash Macedonian style helmet. Not a home you, Mitty. Yeah, that's where we're at. Corinth helms or little felt caps. That's the way yeah, to go. Fine. Oh, yeah. I do love that classic Greek helm with the the winged sides to it and the full mm. plume and mm. everything. It's so guns. cool. Yeah. It's really nice. It's also, am I correct in thinking there are multiple body types or is, is it just? I think it's, no, it's, not. it's three just sets a, of five. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. sets of five, so the same body yeah. type. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. slightly pivoted. So I would assume that would turn into a set of 30, maybe, if it came into a plastic kit later on down the road. I wouldn't say no. I'd say yes, thank you very much. Yeah, stunning stunning bits and pieces. Um, They also have, so obviously they've arrived on my manufacturing and they're doing all this stuff here that you can see Mm. and dive into and have fun with. So you've got loads of different options. Uh, 3D printing-wise, if you just want to go and buy the kits individually. but as is the case with uh, a lot of my manufacturing stores, they've also got the tribes thing set up as well. So they've got different packages that are coming out every month at the same time. So if you want to kind of help them on a more regular basis with a sort of a subscription, essentially, you can the do that. The engine block. They've even done the yeah. engine. That's insane. Oh. <laughs> nice if you want to use it for like a diorama piece as well. Yeah. yeah. That's that's quite nice. That that is competing with the size of a TKS too as well. Mm. I can't remember what the name of that thing is. It's not a Simovat, is it? No, Simovats oh, are bigger. I wouldn't know the Italians at all. Wouldn't know them no. from Adam. <laughs> I don't think many people know the Italian tanks because you know they're crap. It's the pizza. Did you say was that Mario? It's the Mario. It's the Mario tank. It's the Mario tank. <laughs> the Mario twins. Yeah. Mario and Luigi taking a tank Mario, out for the Mario. time. <laughs> You'll find this is real name. Yeah. Now Mario. we've um, uh, alienated all of our Italian audience. Oh, that's all yeah. right. I think we did that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying out of Italy and not ordering any yeah. pizza. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> it's it's a interesting. So 19 kits or things, yeah. I suppose. And if you, uh, um, there's another launch. link in the, in, there's another link in the dock that should yep, take you was, to the, the, op, the it, option. So, yeah, it, it took us to more or less, uh, a thing that said this isn't up yet. And then I went, oh. no, it is now, and redirects you back to this page. Oh, so, <laughs> so I, but they have got a launch package together, as yeah, you can see here. So, yeah. this is if you subscribe to them for, um, essentially that month kind of thing, these are the yeah. kind of things that you'll be able to get access so, to and all that. Kind well, of it, it is just this page. Well, it's, yes, it's all 19 much, of yeah. these. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So they are working on a whole bunch of things. They are, as I say, and as you say, Jerry, they are going through the process of trying to get things up and running and all that kind of stuff. But as an as a starting offering mm. for a 3D printing collection, I think it's pretty damn good. It's so. diverse. I'll give it that. There's, yep. you know, it's not like they've gone, 
fantasy and ancient historical or you know sci-fi or just just went with whatever happened to be the the initial sort of run they've they've put a bit of everything in there so if you've come across war games atlantic from any you know whether it's been ancients world war ii um sci-fi or fantasy there's something kicking around in there that that you could possibly lay your hands on and make use of uh which is good and they're all supplementing something that's already out there so like the little italian tankette you know if you've already got the plastic box of of uh, italian troops then you know you can have that and like you say you could put up against the tks their battle will be legendary and very very small (laughs) the other thing that i think is really nice is that um i mean I think I don't think the vast majority of war gamers, but I think a, a great amount of war gamers now have access to a 3D printer or are buying them because they're coming down in price and they're becoming a lot easier to use and, and all that kind of stuff. And essentially, if you're a big fan of the War Games Atlantic things and you want to get those additional upgrade kits, they're very small individual files and individual pieces and that kind of thing. So they're not going to be taking up a huge amount of resin and that kind of stuff as you print them and, and that kind of stuff. So I could see a lot of people getting on board with this now fun with it. And as John said, I'm surprised not not uh, I'm surprised a lot more companies haven't done something similar to this. So, mm. It'll 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 come. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> yep. Yes. The digital I, revolution. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I will be speaking to Hudson in a like a sit-down interview cool. type thing um about Wargames Atlantic and what they're up to. Because he's fascinated me now. Well, he's fascinated me for a while, but because <laughs> he feeds your habit he? yeah he, he's managed him to and Carve. dodge me up until now um, but uh, yeah I've been speaking to him recently and we're going to try and get something sorted out so whether cool. it's himself or he offers up somebody else uh, because they have a lot of stuff a lot of plates spinning so even things like the um, Imperial Chinese um, yeah. that they started talking about uh, a while ago that, so that's all currently bubbling away in the background as well so yeah nice to see them branching out and using the uh the stuff they already have and the sculptors they have to either get a, a step ahead or, or yeah, add really cool more bits and pieces yeah. to uh to their existing range clinker sham as i believe they say <laughs> right a couple of kickstarters to round out the show mm-hmm. and uh yeah more alien trees very much yeah. the flavor of the week yeah uh what you know what trees? jerry I'm going to let you talk about this one because you love yourself a little bit of Mantic. So go for it. What makes you think I've been near this? (laughs) I have the sneaking suspicion. Oh, look. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Obviously, Mantic have done train crates before in the past, um, focusing almost exclusively on fantasy and stuff that could be used in sort of historic up to World War II um, and a few bits of modern-y type things. but one of the things that sort of occurred to Ronnie of late was we have an awful lot of really good ways of getting your hands on buildings and stuff, but everybody is still using deciduous and fir trees from Earth. So <laughs> your yeah. your alien world is is alien world by way of Doctor Who. You know, it's filmed somewhere in Kew Gardens. Uh, so with that in mind, the idea is to come up with a range of scatter train and, and sort of vegetation that can be used to play your sci-fi games and actually make your sci-fi tree look like it's sci-fi as you can see there each of the trees say trees uh, is built up of components that can be interchanged and swapped so there's like a, a bottom uh, a middle and a top and then additional bases so you can drop your middles into your 
your bassist makes shorter trees as well. They're all fully compatible with each other. And uh, I believe there was a stretch goal last night where they've added, there'll be magnetization holes in them. So you'll be able to just magnetize them without having to start drilling stuff out right off the bat. Um, so that the tree side is sort of where it's mainly at. There's also going to be a range of runic type scatter uh, like these strange alien, alien artifacts and, and stuff, yeah. obelisks and Sith holocron type affairs. Um, so these are going to be made out of the same uh, softish plastic that previous train crate, if you've had any of it, is made out of, uh, which is good because you can drop a breeze block on it and that stuff will take it uh, without having to worry about chips, breaks, or snapping. Well, it will. I mean, if, if you haven't come across the train crate, like the wizard's study, the bookcases and stuff like that, if I need to get something off a very, very high shelf, I can just stand on those. They take the weight beautifully. <laughs> um, but I also like the fact that because of the way I game, uh, it seems to be the way a lot of people do, whenever you're putting things down, you want to have footprints for certain games. So these things come in a, a big, cardboardy box of crazy goodness with all your various vegetary requirements but then also little neoprene bases so you've got a regular basis and area sort terrain, of things, square yeah. bases for your area train yeah. um, and they're also matched to these uh migraine inspiring alien world maps <laughs> i think is the best way to put that um well, well they are i mean they're, they're yeah. very much you're not very Kansas anymore Yes. <laughs> As uh, Colonel O'Neill said, you know, whenever you think you're not in Kansas anymore, you are. As they looked out over some wheat fields that were probably in Kansas. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in this case, you do get uh, a very comprehensive way of doing flora and fauna. It's a relatively small campaign in the grand scheme of things. Um, but they have these battlefields, uh, which a lot of people were going three by threes, Ronnie, three by threes, well, dead zone. <laughs> Vanguard stuff like that. So they added the three by three option last night. Good. I think just to shut Good. people up in the comments. Um, <laughs> so you've got someone frantically going around cutting bits off four by four That type of thing. Uh, so you've got these the battlefield, the other world are very sci-fi. There's the fantasy, uh, fantastic fantasy, which is just a scrubland green and brown. So if you're going to be playing Kings of War or fantasy games, you can play it without being so. Uh, sci-fi based or, or eye-wokingly mm. melty um, that it's not going to stand out but then you also get the neoprene area tree I think these are great that are match to yeah. this so you'll just mm. be able to see you know you can just put your trees on it lift the trees off to put the figures in wherever they need to be um, and then you don't have to worry about moving a whole lot of stuff about I'm a big fan of flat things um, difficult train and the like is also handy although I've got a load of latex stuff from time cast so I probably won't maybe I don't know. <laughs> anyway, time will tell. There, there's a couple of, there's like a week before this ends. So my, my results may vary. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a really nice way of getting either big box of trees or uh, some sort of alien runes and scatter that's been sort of overgrown temply uh, onto the tabletop and, uh, and just dressing it up a bit more. Yeah. Um, they have added in these. So from previous train crates to so the fantasy abandoned town set, which I think was in the update last night. Boom. Some of the more uh, dead zone stuff as well, as well, which was quite nice. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not in that one. Yeah, well, it'll be in somewhere. The, um, um, the thing that I, the thing that I really liked about, especially, well, I, I quite like the, the, the trees. I think they're a really good idea. 
Because it's one of the things that I think a lot of people fall down on when it comes to sci-fi tabletops is it just ends up most of the time just looking like a ruined urban environment. Yes. And you don't tend to add, you know, flora and, and that ruined. kind of stuff in there. Ruined <laughs> gothic city number 27. Exactly, yes. <laughs> but the other thing that I really liked is that I think that scatter crate is going to become mm. the standard one that people will pick up for all of their sci-fi games. Yeah. I, that that is in my mind the gothic ruins set of 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 now coming to the tabletop because um, I think that deals with high sci-fi, low sci-fi, gothic, everything in between, depending on how you paint it, obviously. Mm. And you get so much in that set that I think a lot of people are just going to snap that up and they're going to use it for their kill team and all sorts of different things. I think it's going to be really good. This this is the kind of stuff that really really plays into like clubs. Yes, you yeah, know, yeah. grouping together to buy maybe even multiples of all this stuff. Yeah, it's I know been, that's uh, that's that's hint hint. That's what we need. Hint hint. <laughs> <laughs> it's been interesting seeing them do it. There you can see the swapping, swimming, and swapping bits. Um, because I've seen some people immediately going, "It's exactly what I need," and other people going, well, "Why do I need this?" <laughs> You're a it, historical it, gamer, aren't you? <laughs> it's, not, it's just it shows the. It shows the level of gamers because I used to see this all the time where people will forever buy more miniatures mm. and will avoid buying things like rule books because why would I buy a book when I buy more toys? doesn't matter. I don't know how to play them or stuff for your actual battlefield. And once you've got a, a good selection, they'll work for a multitude of games. Um, obviously, all the Mandic sci-fi stuff. Firefight, Warpath, Dead Zone, oh, yeah, yeah. Bosch. Yeah. Um, we have also been hassling to see if we can get three by three grids on the, the the mat as well so dead zone's good to go on them um but your star grave your five parsecs rogue stars all of those because we played some great games of um star grave and and the the boards we've set up have looked quite nice but they've all been either very heavily industrialized or very rocky there hasn't been a bit of vegetation on anything anywhere because uh, we don't have anything that looks even remotely sci-fi and making a load of them uh, unless you're going to start making polystyrene balls and cocktail sticks, old school. I'm going to the uh, aquarium. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Aquariums are quite nice, but then once you do a load of aquarium stuff, it looks like you've just got um, Burmese jungle. You, know, yeah. you don't really have the, yeah. uh, the other bits and pieces. So it's been um, slowly building up. They've added extra little toppers and bits and pieces to it, uh, but it's it's a very self-contained. Yeah. Kickstarter as a whole, so they're not planning on doing five or six or seven different types of, you know, you're not getting Ice World, Lava World, blah, blah, blah. It is, here's the tree box, here's the scatter box, and if you want mats, uh, mats yeah. are available, and they're available from, well, three by three now, up to six by four, including that weird, GW got like a weird sized one that's like not quite six by four, it's like yeah. 63 inches by that's 29 like and a half inches. Yeah. They've, they've added that one in as well. The thing that made uh, all the mat designers go, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> just just get a six by four because it can be used in more games and then just yeah. start further in. Yeah. Use the back bit I, I to just, put all uh, your miniatures. I, I, from what, as we've had a look at that and I've been looking through it and that kind of thing, Mantic stuff is usually re, really reasonably priced as well. Mm. And as long as you're willing to either break out the airbrush, Shay, or your uh, work, you know, just want to work with dry brushes and spray cans and that kind of thing, you could get all of those, all of that vegetation and all of those ruins done really quickly. And I bet from just those two boxes, you've probably got enough to do a, a very nice six by four table. 
easy, yeah, easily. I think that was kind of the, the idea yeah. behind it was that it would do everything you need to in one file swoop. Um, and then just put incidental pieces here and there, maybe from their expanded, extended, ex, extended range, or from somewhere else, and suddenly you've got really nice looking tables. Yeah, because you can just tack in the, like I say, the previous train crates. Um, there's a lot of those, so using the sort of the modular dead zone stuff. Oh god, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they've added in just sort of two, one for fantasy and one for sci-fi to that that you can buy at uh, third off actually. So substantially cheaper than retail if you don't already have some sci-fi stuff kicking around that you want to use yeah it's uh it's good i'm looking forward to getting mine if i was backing <laughs> it i'm not saying i'm backing it if i was I'm we know forward to getting we it. know who knows we know <laughs> anyway 10 days left on it and tis funded already yes and uh should we do this one as well i have no idea what this one is I'll do this one. It's okay. Oh, that's very disappointing. <laughs> uh, so this is from Steamforge Games. Uh, it was the most followed Kickstarter apparently before it began, and it even managed to break Kickstarter's systems apparently when it was running. <laughs> so that tells you wow. something about it. Um, so this is their campaign, the Kickstarter campaign for Elden Ring, the board game. So if you're a fan of the From Software video games, that are hard as nails but bloody beautiful and lovely. Uh, and well worth having a go at if you've not had a go before. There's plenty of really good, easy, free demos online nowadays most of the time with uh, all the different passes and that kind of thing. But anyway, I digress. This is a board game version of their latest epic, which is Elden Ring, the board game. Uh, this is a one-to-four player game where you'll take on the role of the Tarnished, who is your kind of hero characters from the world. And uh, you'll be diving into a, frankly, insanely huge board gaming experience that I'm fairly sure, well, I'm fairly confident I could say is on the level of something like uh, a frost, a frost haven or a, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Gloom, uh, well, uh, oath sworn into the, into the deep wood, all those kind of games. It's a massive, huge project for you to dive into and have fun with. Essentially it'll take over your board gaming life for the foreseeable future. I would imagine. Um, Gameplay is set over, sort of two different spheres almost uh where you have as you see in the video here actually the exploration of the map now they've not taken the whole of the elden ring map um straight away they've kind of started out with just a portion of it called limgrave which is where you start in the video game and they played around with that and the bosses there um, and you will go around the map and you will uncover quests and you will meet NPCs and you will uh, find treasures and lost things. Yes, that is an actual thing from the game. I'm just, yes. I'm just yes. saying it looks like one of those pieces of medieval art where they've asked the cleaner yes. of the chapel to restore it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it looks like that Chaos guy from earlier. It yeah, does true. actually, it's yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, but then when you come uh, to encounter enemies you you individually mm. move over to the quest book which is that sort of um ring bound book that we yeah. saw the spiral bound book there and you will fight against the enemies now the interesting thing about that is that when you go into combat more often than not you're probably going to be spread out across the map from all your other all the other players and so unless you're actually diving into a boss encounter where everyone gets drawn into the same fight you actually continue to take your turns on that quest book map while everyone else continues to move around and do all the things. So the turn sequence still goes around and you still go through your initiatives and stuff, but you still play out your actions uh, in, in combat 
and then it doesn't take a bit up any more time from anyone else or you know dissuade from what's happening elsewhere and that kind of thing which i think is a really nice idea um the, the game itself mechanically is driven by like a, uh, it's, it's all card based mechanics mm-hmm. so there's no dice rolling luck involved everything's based around a couple of different decks that characters have um so you have like an attack deck and an effects deck and a, like a defense deck and that kind of thing and you'll be flipping cards in order to do certain abilities uh, and, and trigger certain um, actions. And then the effects cards will bolt onto that using those symbology that you see there. And that will allow you to do more deadly attacks and that kind of stuff as well. They have obviously brought in a lot of the stuff from the From Software game. So you've got stamina that you're going to need to manage, uh, which is kind of based on the amount of cards that you can play each turn and that kind of stuff. And positioning is really important as well. So on those quest book maps, there's, you'll see that they're broken up into sections. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you're standing within the, the sections of that uh, combat map, mm-hmm. allow you to do certain things. So if you're front, if you're right at the front of that map, then you'll be able to do bigger attacks and heavier attacks. If you're in the middle, then you get kind of like a halfway house between the two. It's not quite as good as, the, as either side. And at the back, you can obviously get more defenses and you can rest and you can regain your stamina and all that kind of stuff as well. I think it's really nice. Um, they've also said that uh, the actual enemies themselves are really intelligent and they've got a really nice sort of like inbuilt AI mechanic almost to them as well and how they work. So it, it act, they, from what they've said anyway and previewed of, of some of the, the rules mechanics and things that you've seen in videos, there's, there is the sense of learning how enemies fight. So it's just like the video game in that respect where you're like, ah, so I know that they have these kind of attack cards in there mm-hmm. that might come out again soon and I'll be able to take that into account and that kind so, of thing. Really so nice. similar but different from... Dark Souls, because they did Dark Souls, didn't they? Yeah, so they've done Dark Souls, yeah. yeah which Dark Souls, yeah. the boss, monstery type things was about attacking the right position on the card, and every turn, mm. it's a deck flipped, it would do a new attack in a new direction, but also the weak spot would change, so you were constantly having to move around, so similar yeah. here where... It, yeah, you'll be able to like drag the boss, yeah. the well, drag the characters into different positions and outflank them. Like that's a big thing in this of getting behind it. Well, not getting behind, but getting behind them in a sort of more figurative sense rather than literal, based on the maps that kind of thing uh, and stuff like that. The other thing they've done with this um, is that they've kind of split it up. Mm-hmm. So they realised, and I mean it's still pretty massive, but they realised that it would be fairly impossible. Well, <laughs> not impossible because they've done it, but it would be fairly weird to try and do like all of the world at once, as I said. So they've tried to, take, to cut it down to just Limgrave, but they've got different pledge options. So you can come in at the entry level, mm-hmm. which just gives you the content for the Weeping Peninsula element of Limgrave. So that gives you an end game bot, an end boss for you to fight alongside of all of all of the enemies that are then tied to them thematically. So that's all the Leonine misbegotten and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that you would have seen in Castle Morn is the kind of end point for that. And that works as a self-contained game, but it's also an expansion. That's more like an, exp- an expand alone, I guess you'd say, for the core game. So the core game is also based around um, the realm of the Grafted King, which is your basic sort of mid-level pledge. And that gives you everything up until Stormvale Castle. If anyone knows the video game, that's kind of like the first big, massive boss that you're going to be fighting uh, about sort of a couple of hours into the game, depending on how good you are. It took me a lot longer than that, but there we go. Um, (laughs) But then they've also built in a whole bunch of additional stuff. (laughs) They've also built, built, built in a whole bunch of other stuff 
that again ties into all of the different smaller elements of Limgrave that you can then take and bolt onto things. So for example, you can get additional expansions for the rest of Stormvale Castle, Dragon and Heal as well. So that the dragon attack that you get in the swamps in the game is included as a separate sort of um sort of expansion module. There's also the Erd Tree Avatar. So there's another big creature that you can fight as well. And they've kind of gone down the route of uh, well, as I say, giving you essentially a smorgasbord of options for you, to, for you to choose from when it comes to this game. Like I can I was a little bit sort of, hmm, this seems a bit big from what they'd put together for this in the previews and things. But from how they've kind of described it and how they've talked about the mechanics and things like that, I can fully see why this has been as funded as it has. Yeah. Um, because it genuinely seems like they've done a a, a solid uh, job on, on this, both mechanically and aesthetically and, and sort of sent up as well. So, yeah, it seems pretty insane. <laughs> Chunky. Yes. It's, um, uh, yeah. it's definitely one if you're a big fan of the games. It's... Um, the Kickstarter is so big, by the way, that I think there's a video explaining how to use I, the Kickstarter. How to navigate the Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> always a good sign. Um, the, thing, the thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is the quality of everything when it finally comes out. Because it looks fantastic from what we've seen here, but I really hope that they manage to kind of nail that quality when it comes to the miniature design. Because obviously we're seeing renders and stuff here. And we have seen a couple of kind of previews of early stuff, but I really want to see the kind of final stuff on these. Because the design of the characters in Elden Ring is phenomenal. Um, and so it would be really nice to be able to get a proper good look at them and, and uh, how they look fun. on the tabletop. So. I mean, I've seen, yeah. I've seen the Dark Souls stuff, mm-hmm. um, which was probably one of the, I don't know, because obviously they were doing Guild Ball before that anyway. The Guild Ball, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a noticeable change between Dark Souls and the Epic Encounter boxes. Yeah. Looking I'm at. hoping it's more in vain with that kind of yeah. Epic and ep- I think the stuff, Epic yeah. Encounter um, quality is is excellent. It's right up there. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one for sort of a world, a fantasy world exploring. I know nothing about Elden Ring. I don't think I, I would jump on the massive pledge, but it would be something where you're looking up because I like the idea of the your party can split and it's not yeah. detrimental mm. potentially. Um, depending on what you stumble <laughs> into, uh, yeah. but at the same time you're not going well. You you're doing this now, and that f- therefore yeah. we all have to watch you fail at fighting some wolves <laughs> for a while, and yeah. it's delaying us playing our game. You can still. Yeah. Go I think it's a really nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if if it's possible then. Could you, if you were close enough, then wander in to help? Yeah, if you're nearby, I think you can aid, and you can also in in Elden Ring you can call on allies to help you. So I think they've built those mechanics into the game so that if you are nearby, you can be like, "I'll just come and help you fight this these creatures," mm. uh, rather than just being all drawn into just the one fight at the end against the boss or anything like that. Which I think is really cool. Mm. I, I, as you say, I think while I probably wouldn't go for the core pledge, mm. I'd be very tempted to either go for the entry pledge or maybe grab the Weeping Peninsula set when it comes out. Uh, because if that kind of gives you a honed, tight, full game experience, but in a smaller box, focus yeah. on a particular thing, I think that could be really good. And then you you could just modular fashion, just buy the additional things as they come out and, and see what you think of them. I'll also say their plans aren't ending at dealing with Limgrave and the mm-hmm. Realm of the Grafted King. They have talked about doing pretty much all of the rest of Elden Ring. I, so. <laughs> I want to I want to see the monstrosities that Caelid has. 
Oh my god! Because yes. Caled is a very messed up area. I'm surprised that they. I. I Caled <laughs> is such a terrifying area. I'd imagine if the box just comes with a note and it's saying "Don't bother," <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I put it back. <laughs> just so, stub the box and just they've reprinted the "You died from dark." Yes, it just says "You died on the top." And that's um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to to put to put Caled into perspective, Jerry, a video game reviewer was talking about it, and he just oh. said, "It's amazing that you were able to make a land that's full of German nightmares." Oh, <laughs> it's like German bedtime stories. <laughs> grim fairy tales come to life. It is utterly horrific, though. Well, there you have it. Seven days left on Elden Ring, the board game. Uh, if you fancy giving that a swizz, then now's your chance to back it, or you can hang on and see how it hits retail. Uh, presumably, I'm going to say next year, late on. Well, yes. Give, give them some breathing space. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that wraps us up for another show. Uh, we should be back on Sunday for our XLBS with the Cult of Games over on tabletop.com. If you're not already a cultist, you can join us for free for 30 days. Join us. Or as Warren would say, get a subscription. Get a subscription. <laughs> Help uh, us. <laughs> we we shall return next Friday. Uh, don't forget, if you want to be on the chance to win the Battle of Osgiliath, you need to comment below. And if you want to see if you're a previous winner, then go over to ontabletop.com and check the prize claim center and see if you've picked up something like the Italian Bersaleri. You could use that I, Italian tankette from the 3D printing force. I think everyone should just comment, uh, Ben should have the Battle of Osculia set. Is, is that and, right? Uh, okay. And that's how we'll do this. If we get Thanks, 100 guys. Ben should get the Battle of Osculia <laughs> comments, then... Uh, Good to one of those people who have commented and still not oh. you. Suck it up. <laughs> right. All called Ben. <laughs> Until next week, folks. Have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on. <laughs>